Hello everyone, I'm Emily Lavender and this is the Forever Marriage Podcast. Forever Marriage at Lakewood exists to strengthen families by helping couples discover God's design for marriage. Here with me again today are Scott and Dawn Smith. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hey, Emily. Hello, Emily. Hello. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Apparently. It is St. Patrick's Day. It is. I've got my green you on, too. I forgot. I didn't wear... I don't even know that I have a green. Emily's got a green water bottle. She I just do. grabbed it. A green mm-hmm. water bottle. This is my... What yeah. is the mm-hmm. shirt? Is kind of turquoise. Oh, yeah. It's got, probably got it has some green yeah. hues. I don't sure. have a green shirt. I don't think Green's not in your color wheel. It's not. <laughs> Allie, Allie, we... Allie... Yeah, Allie Weaver would say it's not in my color wheel. For it me, might be. The right color green might be. Well, I found out Clemson Orange is not in my color wheel. Orange shouldn't be anyone's. Ah, see, I just <laughs> The I right like kind it. of orange, it just I depends like on what it, that is. But Allie, I wore a Clemson shirt. Not that gaudy Tennessee orange. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Yeah, that's, that's gaudy. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I wore Clemson one, one day to work just in support of my oldest daughter, who I want to give some mm-hmm. props to at Clemson. And Allie, who is on our team as our first impressions director, said, that's not in your color wheel. You don't need to wear that <laughs> She does know about fashion. you got to give her that she much. Does. She's knowledgeable. That's right. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and jump in. We're not. We're not oh, here to talk about already. Yeah, let's it's analyze Allie day. A, it's not about our color wheel today. <laughs> nope. Today we're going to be talking about marriage, of okay. course, but marriage. More, speci- more specifically, covenant marriage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, I know you guys use this teaching when you meet with couples, and mm-hmm. also I've heard you, Scott, use it um, in a wedding ceremony sure. when you marry yeah. a couple. So yeah. why don't you guys unpack for us, what what is covenant marriage? Yeah, let me start off on the front end, Emily, just to give some props. Um, this has been in our, our vernacular uh, for several years now. Two men especially have influenced us in how we think about covenant. First one was Neil Anderson. Uh, years ago, we worked through some material of his uh, called Setting Your Marriage Free, which I would encourage any couple to pick up. If you're just new in marriage, nearly married, newly married, uh, and wanting to get some good tools in understanding how marriage and how God uses marriage to uh, help us walk out the Christ life. His book, Setting Your Marriage Free, is good. And he influenced me on um, how we look at different forms of relationships. So that's one. When we get into episodes two and three, when we talk about rights that we give up and responsibilities that we pick up, that came from, uh, it was influenced me by uh, Chris Hodges, who's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. Mm-hmm was a sermon I think he preached back in 2008 or so. And I thought, man, that was just great. And so we've taken it, massaged it over the years to make it our own and have since worked it into, like you said, into basically marriages that we do when we give do the charge to the bride and the groom, um, the rights that we'll talk about in episode two and the responsibilities in episode three come from, mm. from Chris's material. But I want to start out today, in this episode, we're just going to look at three specific relationships um, that we have in life. And these are not just in marriage. These are just relationships that we have in general. And we're going to kind of break them down, and then we'll go a little bit deeper deeper dive into covenant marriage. But if you think with me, um, the first relationship that most all of us have, and we still have them today, 
is relationships of convenience. And for most of us, those were formed a lot by our high school friendships, uh, college roommates. Those were relationships that we had that were convenient for us at the time. You, you know, you grew up, what, in Chatsworth, M, and there mm-hmm. were probably people that you were friends with then in high school. You're not now. It right. wasn't like, hey, I'm not going to be your friend anymore. You just parting of ways. Right. It just happened. It yeah. was just a natural rhythm of life. You go in different directions, different callings. Maybe you move geographically. Some of the friends that I had in high school and college, I'm just not that close to anymore. And it, it was it. Those were, they're called convenient relationships or relationships co- of convenience because at the time they're convenient. Yeah. You know, some of them were my roommates from college. It worked out. My buddy needed a place to live. I needed a place to live, and so we lived together. And so, but when we had to go move out for one reason or another, they're, they're really, um, they're painless when you separate because they're, they're really convenient mm-hmm. for both. When we're teaching this about convenience, I like to take two sheets of paper. So I know you're not visualizing, you're not seeing this, but if you're, as you're listening, I want you to visualize this in your mind's eye. If you took two sheets of paper and just put a paper clip on the corner of those two sheets of paper, when you take that paper clip off, if it's been on there for any time, it may leave a small indention on one or both sheets of paper, but both sheets of paper are largely still intact. There's nothing's really been messed up. The paper clip didn't leave huge indentions or anything like that. There's, you know, the indention that might be made if you put it in the context of a relationship is largely just it's the impressions that we had, the memories that we made as we were together in those relationships. But we move on with life. So those are relationships of convenience. But then when you move on down, you get a little bit more uh, strategic in, in your relational uh, interaction with someone when you move into a contractual relationship. I just had a meeting this morning with a, a fella who's in a business and he was going down to Atlanta to basically work with a real estate agent on a piece of property that they're going to hit the company that he works for they may use. And in that company, as we were talking about it, they, they will most likely, in, as they're looking at this property and if it works for their business, they will most likely enter into a contractual relationship. Now, contractual relationships are a bit different from our relationships of convenience because contractual relationships are drafted to protect both parties in case one of the parties fails to fulfill their side of the bargain. In contractual relationships, this is where we'll start comparing and contrasting in between contractual and, and covenant relationships. Contractual relationships, you seek to protect your rights and to limit your responsibilities. And we'll, we'll compare and contrast that in just a moment when we talk about covenant relationships. So think with me. You've, if you're listening, you've probably been in some form of contractual relationship, either with your employer or if you own a home. I remember our first home, honey, that we bought in, what was that, 1992. It was the first closing we had ever been to. 
and we signed all of that paper and I felt like man I'm signing my life away I didn't know but we were in entering into contractual relationships because the mortgage company was basically saying can you believe this I'm just sitting here thinking we bought that house brand new in 92 for $52,900 wow. in Statesboro. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> That's weird. That is weird. What's even weirder is price. a mauve pink carpet. <laughs> 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 it did Strange. have mauve pink. Wrong color for carpet. So many weird things yeah, about that. Well, yeah, yeah. Because we had, yeah, the color scheme at that time was what, forest green and, and yeah. So, whole different topic. But we entered into, in really for you and me it was our first contractual relationship that we we really saw the binding nature of this because we signed document after document i thought man are we signing some document in here we might be giving up our first or second child in here somewhere and i don't even know because i haven't read it fully but in these relationships you you as i said already you seek to um protect your rights and to limit your responsibilities and they're the in these relationships they're legally binding and innocent parties can seek legal action for breach of contract so if you think of it it with the piece of paper we said with the with convenient relationships it's like a paper clip you take that paper clip off and the two pieces of paper are still good but think of it a little bit contractual takes it a little bit deeper Contractual is like you had two pieces of paper and you just took a stapler and went around all four sides of those paper and stapled those together. And then if you tried to break them apart or pull them apart, it's going to leave some damage. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've done this several times, M, and in, in the demonstration, inevitably, when you've got 12 to 16 staples in those two sheets of paper around the corners, when you try to pull them apart, it tears eventually. Yeah. And there's, there's, a, there's remnants. There's, anytime a contractual relationship is broken, there's, it's more painful. Sometimes there's financial recourse that is taken. There's, you know, whatever. And so we, we know it's, it's kind of painful. So those are the first two relationships. They're relationships of convenience, high school, college roommates, those kind of things we've talked about. Then you move into contractual relationships. And, and here's the thing. Contractual relationships largely are based on a reciprocation it's as if we say to the other party i will do this for you if you do this mm -hmm. for me however if you don't do this for me i'm not going to do this for you and that's contractual relationships to some degree have this level of tit for tat mm -hmm. you know uh it's almost a scorekeeping aspect right. to it but that I want you as you're thinking about that as I said that I'm pretty sure as you're listening you thought well man Scott that doesn't sound that much different from how I've done marriage because I as I was telling my buddy this morning what I find Emily is that a vast majority of marriages both believing and non-believing marriages believing in Christ and those that don't believe in Christ whether they realize it or not I estimate that this is anecdotal it's not scientific I estimated it's probably 80 to 85% of marriages largely function contractually. Mm -hmm. That 
I will do this for you if you do this for me. If you unload the dishwasher, then mm-hmm. I will wash some clothes. But because you didn't unload the dishwasher last night, I'm not going to wash that load of clothes today. Right. We may not say it that way, but that's largely our thinking. I did this for my partner, Scott, but they didn't do something bad. We, we think in reciprocal, I did this, so you should do something bad. Mm-hmm. That's contractual, and that's what, if you hear anything in this episode today, guys, is we're wanting to, we're wanting to butt up against that idea of contractual thinking. Now, I'm going to take you down to our last level, and we're going to wrap up this episode here. In the last level of relationships is where we get into covenant. We said there's convenient relationships, there's contractual relationships, And what marriage is, guys, is a covenant relationship. And in covenant relationships, these are uh, relationships where we parties promise to fulfill their word regardless of the other person. And I want you to hear that word regardless. In a covenant, what Dawn and I are in, we are in a covenant. Emily, what you and Benji are in, it's a covenant relationship. And covenants are made to last regardless of the circumstances. And as we'll talk about in episodes two and three, in covenant marriage, you, you seek to give up rights and you seek to pick up responsibilities. It's, it's the exact opposite of contractual relationships where we seek to contractual we seek to protect our rights and limit our responsibilities in covenant it teaches us hebrews 9 16 says it this way where there is a covenant there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it so in essence in covenant relationships in my and Dawn's relationship uh, the two of us have to function in a it's, it's almost as if there is a death. When Dawn and I said in December the 19th, on December the 19th in 1987, I do to one another, in essence, what we were saying by virtue of those declarations is I am going to die. I am choosing to die to any wish, any ambition, any desire that would be detrimental to the health and well-being of our marital union mm-hmm. as i've been sort of thinking about this um <clears throat> you know just kind of thinking about uh relationships maybe the state of relationships now today kind of where we are we we work with married couples all the time but we're around a lot of young people all mm-hmm. the time which we love but even if i think back to um into the 80s and I would say our culture really started to shift in the 80s in terms of options for for people you know growing up through the 60s and 70s at my home I had you know basically three channels on my television Mm -hmm. that I could choose from 
I could possibly get a fourth channel if the rabbit ears were just right, you or know. Or if you stood by there. Yeah, your dad if I had my Jim, little brother stand by there, right, and, and hold the rabbit ears, ears over here. That's right. <laughs> Emily but, doesn't even remember that. But I would actually yeah. have to get up and go turn the channels, <laughs> right. you know, on you the television the or control. talk. I was, yeah. the, or somebody else, if I could talk <laughs> them into whoever was closest or walking by it, you yeah. know, asking them to see what was on the other maybe two channels. But, you know, cable news came along, cable mm-hmm. TV came mm-hmm. along, and so the options, choices began to increase. And mm-hmm. that's just an example. But uh, since that time, really, our options, our choices have uh, exponentially ex- exploded mm-hmm. in front of us. We have a lot of options and choices about things. So if, one, if something doesn't necessarily work for us, we'll find something that works for us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even... In the last, you know, since the advent of social media, um, now our choices are not necessarily driven by necessity, but our um, our choices are now driven by emotion. Mm-hmm. What is liked? What's disliked? That's right. And so it's created for our culture this, I would say, uh, a mindset of what is convenient for me. Mm-hmm. What's convenient mm-hmm. for me? What works mm-hmm. for me? And we've moved into an area now that we make those decisions, and if it doesn't serve me, if it's not convenient for me, mm-hmm. we block, we unfollow, we unfriend, we cancel. Mm-hmm. And so that has translated really into the world of relationships yeah. and the world of marriage in that if it doesn't serve me, if it's not convenient for me, then I've got other options. There's other options sure. out in the world, right. and I want to be able to have those options, and so... Uh, I will come out of this contract or I will come out of this covenant relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like Scott was describing earlier, some con- when we have the mindset that relationships are have serve us, mm-hmm. that it has to be convenient for us, we think that pulling apart those relationships is painless mm-hmm. or that it will be painless. Mm-hmm. But the truth is, if you're in a covenant relationship, the truth of it is it is going to cause some oh, damage yeah. when it comes apart. Yeah. And I think that comes as a shock to a lot of people who are now who walk into divorce or walk into um, make a decision about their relationship. They think this will solve the pain that I have mm-hmm. and it'll be painless if we just dissolve the yeah. relationship that yeah. I'm currently in. That is such a deception mm-hmm. because any pulling apart of that covenant relationship is going to result in some damage. Yeah, because think of it this way, Hunt. And covenant literally means in the Hebrew when we talk about uh, in Genesis 2, 24 and 25, when we think about this oneness, the man and the wife shall become one. It literally has this sense of being glued together. Mm-hmm. So as I talked about with convenience, they were they were paperclip together. Contractual relationships were stapled together. But if we took the two sheets of paper and in, in, to illustrate covenant, we glue them together and we let that glue dry. And if you've ever taken two she- sheets of paper that were glued together and tried to separate them, it's like you're saying, hun, they don't separate. Yeah. They had, there is a bonding together that if you try to separate it, one sheet of paper M ends up getting stuck to the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a great visual for us to think of. Yeah, you can think, okay, I'm going to walk away from this marriage because it's just not convenient, as Dawn was saying. But I'm going to just tell you, you can't walk away. 
Right. It's going to have residuals in it. That's right. And I, we are we're in such a culture now of uh, we 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 see the filtered life that other people are living. You know, we mm-hmm. see the best pictures. We see mm-hmm. we see them in the best light. We look at their life and we go, "That's the kind of life I want." That's not the kind of life I have, and so I'm going to get rid of this life, and I'm going to go pursue that life, which yeah. is a fantasy. We don't really have accurately what somebody else's life is mm-hmm. like. Yeah. And I there's a, a cartoon of, a, of an older fish in the ocean, and two younger fish come swimming by, and he goes, hey, guys, how's the water? And they're like, they say, what water? Because they don't realize they're even in the water. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think that we don't understand. I mean, but Scott and I understand because we see it in, we work with relationships. That in, the influence that, that the filtered life is having on people and on mm-hmm. their relationships. Yeah. Where they see something and it's not, it's a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a filtered picture. But they will reorganize and re, you know, uproot their life in mm-hmm. order to have something that they think somebody else has. Yeah. And Scott and I know those people don't really have what you see <laughs> that they, right. they yeah. you think they have. Yeah. Um, but for for us and for our work, this is what we this is what we want to encourage you to begin to do is to think about and to believe that covenant marriage is real. Yeah. And that the principles that surround it are real and mm-hmm. in play. And that the the consequences that come as a result of tearing a covenant marriage apart are real, yeah. and have some ever some some really long lasting effects in relationships and in the relationship world and in the family, which ultimately affects our culture. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. So as we're talking about, we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, as we're thinking about covenant, I want you to think through the lens of Hebrews nine sixteen. Let me say it to you one more time. For where a covenant is, there must of necessity be the death of the one who made it. Now, you may think, well, Scott, gosh, why do I want to die? I don't see my partner doing all of the work either. Why should I? Listen, Paul says it this way in Ephesians 5.21. He says, out of reverence for Christ, submit to one another. In other words, out of reverence for Christ, put yourself under. Put yourself under under this person, not because your partner has earned it or deserved it. If you're thinking, I'm going to do it when they've earned it or deserved it, I can tell you you're thinking contractually, and Mm -hmm. that's not how God would have us think. We're to think in covenant. I'm going to do this for you regardless, and it's out of my love and my reverence for Christ and what Christ has done for me that I do this for you. So as we close, we want to just get you to be thinking about covenant. Jesus puts it this way in context of covenant. He said in Matthew 9, 19, 6, What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. You may want to separate. You may think you can separate. You may think, hey, we can do this painlessly. We'll, we'll go and work with a mediator to try to get a divorce that is as painless for us and our children as possible. Let me just say there's no such thing. Uh, there's, there is no such thing. Um, as we illustrated, you pulling a covenant apart is, is going to leave irreparable damage. And I don't say that to shame you, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, well, Scott, I've already done damage. I'm on my second or I'm on my third marriage. That's neither here nor there with us. What we believe 
is regardless of what marriage you're on, God wants it to be your last marriage. Mm -hmm. And the concepts that we're going to be teaching in the next two episodes about rights that you give up and the responsibilities that you pick up, you can begin applying in this marriage now. Okay? Let me pray for us as we close this session. Lord, I just pray for our friends who are listening. I can't help but imagine that as they're listening through the lens of convenience and contractual and covenant relationships that some have begun to think, how, how, are, how am I and my spouse, how are we functioning with one another? And I just pray, Spirit, if they are listening and they are children of you, sons and daughters of you, that you would lead them into the truth, Lord. Guide them in a spirit of wisdom to know what is the right thing to do. If there is sin to confess, if there is a promise of your word to, um, to proclaim, I pray that you would uh, lead them. Help them to control what is within their power to control, which is themselves, Lord. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. May they trust you with the results as they walk in obedience to what you have called them to do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for, for unpacking what a covenant, covenant marriage is. Um, tune in for the next one where we're going to unpack the rights that you give up in marriage. So we'll be back with another episode of the Forever Marriage Podcast.